Welcome to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. You're listening on EWTN Radio or St. Gabriel Radio. Beyond Damascus is carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. My name's Brad Pierre, and I'll be the host for today's show. I'm here with my good friends Aaron Richards and Dan Dimite. Yes. What's Woo! up, guys? It's good to have you. It is it's good, good to, be, to here. be here. That's right. It is good to be here. <laughs> and we're also here with a special guest today. We're here, and it's a great honor to have him. Mr. Jeff Cavins is with us. Whoa! Jeff, thanks for being with us. What a joy. This is going to be so much fun. This is going to be so much fun. So again, um, for any of you that are tuning in for the first time, this is the show where encounter meets mission. So here at Beyond Damascus, what we're really trying to focus in on is that every authentic encounter with the person of Jesus should lead us into mission on his behalf for the sake of the world. And today we're going to talk about the encounters and the mission that you're on, Jeff. So we're just so excited mm, to hear a little I'm bit. Excited about to your be life. here. It's yeah, be good. yeah. So why don't we? Um, why don't we just start there? So if you want to just tell us a little bit about your life, like how you came to faith in Christ, then we can just sure. have a conversation around the different pit stops along the way. Sure. Amen. Well, I can give you the kind of the quick version of it. And by the way, it's good to be here. You guys have something amazing going on here. I'll tell you what. I've never been here before and uh it's amazing. So yeah. I'm yeah, looking I'm looking to, forward to it. You you spent the morning with with our men and I did uh, the Mariah house. <laughs> yeah. These guys are on fire. Yeah. We were joking, any opportunity they have to make a big breakfast. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> and, uh, one guy had pancake that big. <laughs> that's impressive. Multiple, I think that's that's a supernatural gift of the Holy Spirit, right? A little there. multiplication <laughs> of the pancakes. Yeah. 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 So okay, so I, I was uh uh born in Iowa, raised in Minnesota, okay. and I was pretty much an average guy, an average Catholic growing sure. up in America, which meant I go to mass every week, I go to confession a couple times a year and pray before I go to bed and bless us the Lord and these I gifts and everything else. Yep. But by the time that I was uh, like a junior in high school, I was searching. I was empty and I was with all the cool kids. I was on the football team and go to the parties and everything else. But inside there was like this, this yearning in mm. my life. And so I ended up uh, graduating from high school, mm -hmm. and my friend and I were going to go to California because I had scholarships as a result of uh, – it was a stand-up comedy uh, competition that I participated in, mm -hmm. did well, and uh, got scholarships <laughs> as a result of it. So I uh, was going to go out to California. My buddy went out there, and I said, well, I'm going to wait one year in the Twin Cities, and uh, I'm going to – you know, do some of the preliminary work. So I did. And it was that year, my first year, that I met a girl in my cultural anthropology class who ended up becoming my wife, Emily. Oh, nice. That's how it always starts. <laughs> yes. Evangidating. And anthropology. Oh, boy. So many jokes. <laughs> well, it's so funny because I, 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 she walked in and I'm like, I'm looking over at her. Yeah. I couldn't stop looking at her. Yeah. You know? <laughs> And so after about a week or so, I, I, I thought, I want to talk to her. So I stood in the sure. doorway. She had to come by me, you know. Yeah, so I stood in the doorway. Absolutely. Here she comes. And she kind of squeezes through. And I said, hey, hi. And she goes, hi. <laughs> she wasn't impressed. Walked by. So I followed her out of class into a lounge, student lounge. And I sat down next to her. And I started talking. Mm -hmm. Got her name, Emily. Found out that she, where, where she lived. And back in those days, if you wanted to know her number, all you guys have to know is, is know her dad's name. Because yeah. you go 411. And they, I, I'm looking for a uh, Tobler on uh, Xerxes <laughs> Avenue. Okay. That number is, and they give you the number. Yeah. yeah it's kind of weird. 
So it's a little harder to stalk someone back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got her. I got her. Well, I was, I was thinking like even coming out having the words to talk to her is a good thing, right? Yeah. Like, like, I would have been rehearsing in my head like what exactly should I say? Yeah. Well, so what I did is – and I had talked to her in the lounge for like an hour. So I got the number. I call her mm-hmm. and she answers. And I said, mm-hmm. uh, hi, Emily. This is Jeff. Mm-hmm. And I heard the words that no guy wants to hear. Jeff who? Yeah. I'm like, oh. I gave her my best shot for an hour today. She forgot me. Yeah. You know? I said, oh, I'm the guy that talked to you at the student lounge. I'm you know, the editor of the paper. And yeah. He said, oh, yeah, yeah. I said, look, I was wondering, uh, what, would you like to go out tonight? And she said, no. <laughs> and, and I thought, no. That's not how it goes. <laughs> and I said, I said, what do you mean, no? And she goes, well, I have to babysit some neighbor's kids tonight. And I said, well, we could go out after that. Mm-hmm. And she said, well, then I have to wash my hair. Yeah. I'm thinking, Twice. Yeah, one excuse, with all these excuses. So I said, well, well, we could go out after that. I mean, just, mm-hmm. you know, kind of a late night thing. I mean, we're old enough. I'm 18, you're 17. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're mature. <laughs> and, and I'm thinking, she's such a nice girl. And at that time, I was interviewing rock groups for the paper. Any big rock group that came through town, Kiss, yeah. Emerson, Lake, and Palmer, Led Zeppelin, you know. Hmm. So I'm, I'm 18 years old, and I've kind of, this is my life, you know. Yeah. But I'm still searching. I'm really looking for God. So I thought, what do nice girls like to do? And for hmm. some reason, I picked bowling. <laughs> I, wouldn't you know it? It works 100% of the time. I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Look, if you want a girl, mention bowling. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. 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 That Brunswick, was. just the word Brunswick. <laughs> so, yeah. so that was that was after she rejected you twice. Then yeah, it was like, can bowling. we go bowling? Yeah, and she's right, like, right. I'm in. Yeah, yeah. This is not a class on how to pick up girls. Yeah. <laughs> that's for sure. I, I like to say it's it's a this is a testimony, not a model. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So what I did is I said, uh, you, I said, would model. you like to go bowling? We go bowling yeah. ten o'clock or whatever. <laughs> now, little did I know, her parents for no reason bought her a bowling ball for Christmas. I thought you were going to say they own the bowling alley. <laughs> and, and she wasn't a bowler. Yeah. But they bought her a bowling ball. Well, yes, I have a bowling ball. <laughs> I never used it. Look what God has done. So uh, she said, well, okay. So, <laughs> And then the That's angels so appeared and started singing glory to God in the highest. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So, so what I did is I got up prepped, you know, and I got my dad's uh, – mm-hmm. I got my dad's station wagon with a fake wood on the side. I, I'm cool. And I had I had bell-bottom jeans yeah. that I actually cut down the side and put more material in. I had platform you shoes. You did that yourself. Yeah. Well oh, done. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You were, you were <laughs> intentional. Yes, <I> was an <laughs> intentional disciple. <laughs> and so I did all that. I had, a, I had a yellow silk shirt. And I had hair down to here. No, oh, mm-hmm. prove it. And I had a bandana. <laughs> we'll be posting those uh, pictures I mean, later. I was, yeah, I was basically cool. Yeah. Okay. And you were so, ready for this date. I was. So I, I, dro- I drove there and I had pictures of my latest concert in my back pocket. Mm. Now, I didn't know anything about her mother or anything. So I drive up, I ring the doorbell. Her mother comes to the door and looks at me kind of like, <laughs> and I, Who are I said, you? Hi, I'm, I'm Jeff. I'm here to, to take out uh, Emily. Okay. Come on in. And uh, she looks at me and I say, Hey, well, before Emily comes down, I'll just show you what I do. And I pulled out two pictures of me with. With Kiss. 
thinking it's going to impress her. To, to the mom? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and Gene yeah, Simmons yeah. with blood in his mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, here I am like that. Well, my once, once again, a yeah. testimony, not a model. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> so I, uh, she looked at it, and she, the first thing she thought was, you're not going out with my daughter. <laughs> Turns out her mother was one of the well-known women Bible teachers in the Twin yes. Cities. Wow, okay. She was, and she was she was born again. She was yeah, spirit filled. Yeah, sure. And so she's turning around to go tell Emily, you can't go out with this guy. So she goes up the stairs and the Lord speaks to her and says, let him go. He's going to proclaim the gospel. <laughs> what? Oh, she oh, said I, that to her mom. Yeah. The Lord said that. Yeah. And so she said, oh, Lord, if you say so. <laughs> She said, okay, I trust you. I trust you. And so Emily and I, I went, she got in the front seat, a gentleman opened the door for her. Yeah, I get yeah. over and I'm just ready to take off. And, and Emily out of nowhere, this five foot two, 102 pound little lady says, looks over and says, do you know Jesus as your personal Lord and savior? I'm like, what? right away. <laughs> I grab, I grab my wallet, you know, Oh no. And yeah. she has a bowling ball in hand. Yeah. She has to be careful yeah. how you answer this question. Well, your answer should be yes. Well, I, I didn't know what she was talking about, you know, and I thought, well, I'm, I said, uh, yeah, I'm Catholic. I didn't know what she was talking yeah, about. Yeah. So uh, then about two minutes later, we hadn't started the car yet, started the car. Two minutes later, she looks over me and she says, do you speak in tongues? Well, Man, this is once, a, once again a testimony, not necessarily a model. <laughs> no, this this is an impressive way to start really a date. I, like, I, I was blown away. I thought, what have I got into here? I, <laughs> what kind of cult is this? You know? yeah. and, and I said, um, I didn't know what she was talking about. I didn't. And I, I didn't want to lose the date. Yeah. So I looked right. at her and I said, uh, yeah, as a matter of fact, I do. <laughs> Daily. Good. Remember that? The English Good. tongue. So, the, yeah, and, about, and, yeah, and about, about two minutes later or so, I wanted to ask her the question because I wanted to sound like I knew what I was doing. But I couldn't remember. Was it tongues or lips? No. <laughs> I couldn't remember. Hey, guys, we're going to pray for the gift of lips tonight. Yeah, I couldn't. And I even, I even, inter- I inter- even entertained gums. I gums. Did, it was yeah. something to do yeah, with yeah, the mouth. Yeah. Gums, gums, tongues. Taste buds. I couldn't remember. what. I, I couldn't remember. So I thought, okay, here it goes. So I looked at her and I said, so uh, I said, uh, do you speak in lips? <laughs> and she started laughing. She started laughing her head off, and she knew I didn't know anything. Yeah. So, so that night we went bowling, and the whole night awesome. she shared with me her love for Jesus and Scripture. And I'm thinking, oh, wow, this is what I've been praying for. God, reveal yourself. I would go up to St. Hubert's Catholic Church almost nightly. By myself, eighteen. Hey, I've been there. Have you? It's a nice church. Yeah, and I would sit in the. It's a old historic church. I sat in the balcony and said, "God, whoever you are, reveal yourself to me." And I was reading books like uh, the Tibetan Book of the Dead, the Bhagavad Gita, Eastern, you were Eastern. Oh, I was searching big time. Mm-hmm. And here's this beautiful girl saying, "Do you know Jesus?" And I thought, "Wow." So the next day, I went over there to her house, and her mother sat me down at a kitchen table, opened up a an old blue Bible, leather Bible, and started talking to me about mm-hmm. that God loved me yeah. so much. And I'm thinking, wow, this is amazing. I'm looking mm-hmm. at her Bible. And so to make a long story short, it was probably uh, a month later, something like that, after listening to her mother literally daily, I went over there. And I, I just spent more time with her mother than Emily. Yeah. 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 The one who said, this guy is going to proclaim the gospel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so 
she started teaching me, and she used words, you know, like mm-hmm. born again and mm-hmm. saved. And these, mm-hmm. I, I kind of heard about them, but whatever it was that this family had, I wanted. I wanted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not thinking, you know, 18, I'm yeah. not thinking denomination, and mm-hmm. that didn't mean anything to me. Sure. It's, they got Jesus, it's <laughs> dynamic. She's talking to me about it. Mm-hmm. I want that. Yeah. So about, I think it was a couple of months, I was driving home from her house to my parents. And I pulled over on the side of the road in front of a, a place called Flying Cloud Airport in Eden Prairie, Minnesota. And I put my, this long haired kid, I put my head down on the steering wheel and I started to cry. And I said, Jesus, I want what they have. I want to be born again. I want to be saved. I'm using those words. And I just wept and said, Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my heart. Not realizing that Jesus actually was in my life when I was baptized, but Mm -hmm. but it was like Mm -hmm. dormant, you know. I had him locked in a room. Yeah, (laughs) so good. It's so good. You're like it's we've talked about that here before. Is that it's those prayers a lot of times it's not that Jesus needs to come find his way to me. It's actually an invocation within me that yeah. like I could remit like Lord reveal yourself to me again. Yeah. Like in the same, it's yeah. just like that, the word dormant. I think yeah. that happens for so many. Of well, us. and the, just that prayer, Jesus, I want more like if, if that is, that prayer is efficacious. Yeah. <laughs> I feel yeah. like that so many times I've heard so many testimonies of people just in their mm-hmm. bedroom or in the car near an airport, just crying mm-hmm. out like Jesus, I want more. And the Holy spirit actually comes and touches them in power. And yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Jeff, what was your experience when you're crying out that? That prayer what, what well the when i cried did. out um something happened <laughs> something happened to me hey it's as if he says ask and you shall receive yeah, right. right it's like when <laughs> yeah. we cry out something happened oh, there was such a joy <laughs> there's such a joy in my life uh at that point and i i just was was crying i said lord i want to i want that and i realized that th- you know your life is made up of conversions mm-hmm. you know there's you're not just converted mm-hmm. you know you mm-hmm. daily you know go through conversions and so i at that night get this for some reason, I didn't know anything about prophetic voice or mm-hmm. word of knowledge or anything. Mm-hmm. I just knew in my knower, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I knew yeah, in my yeah. knower that I was going to be teaching scripture the rest of my life. Wow. I'm 18, That's and I just awesome. knew this. Wow. I knew it. Yeah. So I went home. I walked in the door. My mother looked at me, and I looked like I had been crying. She goes, she goes honey, what's wrong? What's yeah. wrong? I said, Mom, I said, sit down. You're not going to believe this. I thought she was going to be really yeah, happy. Yeah. I said, I've so, been born again. <laughs> and she says, That's what every Catholic mother yeah, would right, say. Right. Yeah, right, right. You, you've been what? <laughs> she said, you've been what? And I said, you've been to too many kiss concerts? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Mom, I, I've been saved. I gave my life to the Lord tonight. And I'll never forget. She, she oh. re- regrets it now. But I'll never forget what she, what she responded with. She looked at me and she said, Jeff, no, you were a Christian when you were baptized. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't use those words. And mm-hmm. I said, Mom, I don't know what happened when I was baptized, but I know what happened today. Yeah. You're listening to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Beyond Damascus is aired on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network and right here in Central Ohio on St. Gabriel Radio. You can listen to the whole version of today's show at www.ewtn.com slash radio slash podcasts. Or check us out on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. We'll be right back with this episode after a short break. He is honored by the church as one of the greatest enemies of clergy sexual abuse. Matthew Bunsen and the Doctors of the Church. In his time, St. Peter Damien fought against the many vices of contemporary clergy, especially sexual abuses among the clergy. In 1051, he wrote the Book of Gomorrah that is still considered essential reading 
for fighting abuse today. He died in 1072. For more about the Doctors of the Church, visit doctorsofthechurch.com. The most original and exclusive Catholic content is on EWTN Radio. This is Prudence Robertson. Now more than ever, Americans need to know the facts about the science, the law, the politics, and the fight to end abortion in America. Through the lens of our Catholic faith, we can make a difference in this battle to protect the unborn. EWTN Pro-Life Weekly, Sunday morning, 10 Eastern, on EWTN Radio. Welcome back to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Beyond Damascus is aired on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network and right here in Central Ohio on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. And so I said to Emily one time, I said, you know, I would, um, boy, I'd like to, I'd like to be married to, to someone like you. And she said, well, we're too young. So I made plans, you know, and I, I said, you know, about a month later, I'm going to go to Bible college in Dallas, Texas, mm. and I want, I'm going to give my life to God to teach scripture. Mm-hmm. And she went, really? Oh, wow, you're leaving? I said, yeah. So <laughs> we ended up having pizza with all of her friends like two or three weeks later as sort of a Jeff's leaving for Texas. Mm-hmm. So get this. We're in the middle of having pizza at a chalet pizza. I still remember the place. And we're talking with like seven or eight of her friends. And I said, yeah, I'm going down to Dallas, and I'm going to get trained in Scripture, and then I'm going to be either a missionary or a teacher. And out of nowhere, Emily looks at me and says, well, how can you do that if we're going to be married? I'm like, oh. (laughs) (laughs) And, And I didn't want to react like, like I knew what she was talking about. She's I no just, longer playing hard to get. Yeah, she's I am waiting to pack the punch. I love it. I acted like I didn't hear. Her. <laughs> yeah, and so I, I, I'm sure she didn't mean what she just said. Mm-hmm. So I continue to talk, and and she again she says, "Well, we probably have to talk about that if we're going to be married." Mm-hmm. And I said, "Can you and I just step out for a moment?" <laughs> <laughs> and we went outside the chalet pizza. She was leaning against the wall. I put my hand like this. I said, "What's going on?" And she said, "Well, when I." Realize that you love Jesus more than me. She said, that's the kind of guy I want to marry. There you go. Yeah. And I said, so you'd marry me? She goes, mm-hmm. I thought, wow. And I said something really, really <laughs> strange. I said, I just came here for pizza. <laughs> okay, good. now there's the model. That's a good right? line. That the is. That is. Jesus more than the one yeah, that you're dating. Yeah, that is the model. Yeah, that yeah, is not yeah. just the text. And go to a pizza party. Thank you, Jesus. Lord. Yeah, well, awesome. I, I know. I went on. I went on, and I went through Bible college, and then after Bible college, I went into uh, television and radio broadcasting mm-hmm. school, mm-hmm. and I, I graduated from there. Is in radio. And it was in Valley City, North Dakota, that I left the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. It was quite dramatic. I yelled at a bishop. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Go big or go home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> go big yeah. or go home. If I had a dollar for every time I did that. Yeah. Or, or I guess go big and go home, too, possibly. <laughs> well, it was know, like, Get out of North Dakota. Go he back he came to Valley City, North Dakota for an open service to hear what people were doing, just checking on him. And I was head-had it with the Catholic Church at that mm-hmm. point. There didn't yeah. seem to be any, any dynamism, no love, no scripture. And, mm-hmm. and so I raised my hand. Because people mm-hmm. could talk to him. Mm-hmm. He said, yes, young man. I stood out in the aisle and I looked at him and I, I just came uncorked. Mm-hmm. And I said, I didn't even know what to call him. I thought it was either sir or your majesty. I didn't even know what, <laughs> yeah. didn't know what to call him. I said, sir, mm-hmm. 
I um guy with a stick. Yeah. 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 I ha- I said I have I, I I have given my life to God, but there doesn't seem to be any room for me in the Catholic Church. Mm. I said I want to I want to share the gospel and teach, but the Catholic Church says you're too young. I made this stuff up as I was saying mm-hmm. it. You're too young. You're married, so forth. And I just lost it. And I, I was really mad at my parents at this point for rejecting mm. this this new life that I had as my sisters. And so I looked at him and I said, I have had it. I yelled with Mm -hmm. the Catholic church. And I said, from this day forward, I stomped my hands or cut my hands, stomped my feet. And I said, I screamed, I am not Catholic. (laughs) And I turned around and started walking out. My poor wife was like looking at everyone. I'm so sorry. And the one clap, it was the Bishop from Fargo. I turned around and looked at him and he said, I want to talk to you later. And I said, I don't know. I left. And I had a thing every morning. I'd go out to see with, uh, I'd pray with the nuns mm-hmm. in, uh, out, outside of the city. And they told the bishop, don't go back to Fargo. He comes out every morning to pray with us, find out what's mm-hmm. wrong with him. Mm-hmm. So the next morning I went out to tell the nuns, I'm not coming anymore. I'm not Catholic. Mm-hmm. And guess who answered the door? The bishop. bishop. <laughs> he yeah. says, come on in. And wow. he sat down and he said, uh, tell me your story. So I told him my story. And mm-hmm. he said, this is the, this is powerful. Talk about prophetic. Mm-hmm. He said, I'm going to tell you three things, Jeff. I'm going to tell you three things. Number one, the journey you're on is of God. Hmm. God has got you on this journey. Number two, I'm going to call you little Newman. <laughs> I didn't know what he was talking about. I had no idea. I thought he was talking about Al Newman from Mad Magazine. Yeah, little Newman. And, uh, you know, you're a clown. And, and number three, he, said, he looked at me, he pointed, he said, you mark my words. You're going to return someday, and you're going to mm-hmm. teach your people. Praise God. And I said, I don't think so. And I shook his hand and got up and left. That's yeah. how I left the church. Well, yeah, when you, and you think about, like, I, I love what Dan's saying, and I, I want to pass to Aaron because we actually – here at Damascus, I think it's something that the Lord's been calling us into, right? That our missionaries that come here, so many of them are, are hungry to hear from the Lord, like what you're talking about, mm-hmm. right? That like my entire life, I, I've, I've heard the scriptures read to me and I appreciate them. I've, I've understood that God wants a relationship with me, but I've never actually turned my affection towards him and heard him respond. And it's actually, uh, Aaron's helped like anchor a teaching that we do for our missionaries here regularly, which is about hearing God in prayer. Cause right. To be prophetic is to hear God and to speak God. And I'll let you speak a little bit to that, Aaron, but like, well, I, mean, I love how it ties in. I, one of the things I love to say is that hearing, hearing God, hearing, having access to the father is the greatest affirmation of the dignity of a son, mm-hmm. right? That, that as a son and a daughter, that, that, we find our, our very identity and relationship with the Lord, you know, in the baptism of the Lord Jesus. Hmm. This, is, this is my son whom I love, with whom I'm greatly pleased. And, uh, and, and it's from that place that we have to minister. You can't go, you can't go backwards and, and try to earn your way into, into relationship. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just, you know, this is, this is, of course, not something that we've come up with. This is the truth that the church is, has mm-hmm. believed and preached for mm-hmm. thousands of years. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. for whatever reason it is, it's our, it's our, our, our cultural experience of Catholicism has sort of, has sort of worked this out of us. Mm-hmm. And for many of us, we have, to, we have to sort of unlearn what we've learned mm-hmm. in order to actually access the truth of the church, right? right? The truth mm-hmm. that's buried there. Yeah, yeah. well, the, the, my, um, my sheep hear my voice. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I, I was actually last night, I was at a gathering with uh, just some, some Catholic faithful in Columbus. And as we were gathering, there were a lot of kids like playing in the other room yeah. and the kids were like running around and all of a sudden you hear one hit the ground and they start crying. And the dad <laughs> who's in the room knows oh, exactly awesome. which kid it is. Yep. Yep. And I, I remember driving home with my wife, Nina. And as we were talking on the ride home, I was like, 
the Lord knows our voice like that. Mm-hmm. But we also are called to know his like that. Like, like, because mm-hmm. as soon as, as soon as the father spoke, the kid knew it was their dad. Right. But as soon as the kid cried out, the dad knew it was their kid and knew yeah. exactly which kid it was. And now these are big Catholic families. I mean, like there's like 16 kids running around in the other room. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, I think what you're, what you're hinting at Jeff, that I think is just so important. And I, I would love to hear like, yeah, maybe, maybe your um, experiences after like walking through scripture on like how you began to pray with the Lord and how you listened for his voice. Because I think that that particular understanding that we can hear from him, yeah. that he knows our voice and listens and that we can hear his and we can receive it. Like that changes relationship fundamentally. Right. 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 Yeah. The, you know, the uh, number one, I, I, I am not in, I'm not in love with theology. Um, I don't have a personal relationship with theology. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I have a personal mm, relationship. Me with and the, doctrine, we spend so much <laughs> time yeah. together. Yeah. Right? my dear doctrine and I. Yeah. We yeah, go yeah. to the movies on the doctrine, weekend. Doctrine, what, what do you think of me? <laughs> yeah, yeah transubstantiation. <laughs> yeah. So uh, all the theology is for a purpose. It's for a relationship. Yeah. And so I, I do really enjoy theology. I love studying scripture mm-hmm. and everything, obviously. But all of this points to something, and that is a relationship with God. And and that is so important. And to know the voice of God, to know that from the moment you get up in the morning to the time you go to bed at night, I am in relationship. And I truly believe that the shape of your day is highly influenced by the love of your life. Yeah. If you're single, your, your day has a certain shape. You get engaged, whew, my life changed. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if you uh, get married... The shape of your day changes. You yep. have children, the shape of your day <laughs> changes. You, you get a 30-year-old <laughs> guy sitting in a lawn chair in a soccer field watching kids about that high all <clears throat> trying to hit the ball. Yeah. You know, and someone says, oh, you really like soccer. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm really into this. Yeah. You know? No, my kid's out there. Yeah. That's why I'm here. I never used to do this, but I'm in love with my kid, you know? So yeah, the I'm struggling of- with fourth grade basketball right now. Are you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, you really get into that. It, it's a, a, a over, time of holiness. He does that. He does that over NBA. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. So the idea is the shape of my day is, is influenced by the love of my life. And if I'm in love with Jesus, the shape of my day changes. Mm-hmm. And the, the number one thing for me to know is his voice, mm-hmm. to know the voice of God, that I can be led by him, mm-hmm. not only as he comforts me and corrects me and directs me, but the opportunity to to mm-hmm. go out on mission, mm-hmm. that I, I go into a restaurant. I'm a disciple. I am aware of everything in that place. I go to Good. Starbucks. I look mm-hmm. around. I listen. I'm aware. I'm on a mission. I'm a man on a mission. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm equipped by the power of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. and I have the gospel, and uh, I'm dangerous. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah amen. You know, danger for the right thing. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so you now I've got hundreds of stories you know, that I can share about, about going out there. And there is such a radical difference between just knowing a lot about Catholicism mm-hmm. and being a disciple. Yeah. Yeah. There's, it's so different. And so exciting, you know, mm-hmm. to to do that. Yeah. That Jesus, when he when he ascended two thousand years ago, he didn't ascend and say, "Oh, great, I'm going to sit up here, start Bible studies." <laughs> yeah. And then what, Lord? <laughs> I don't know. Just yeah. more Bible just studies. Keep doing more. Yeah. Bible studies. Do more, yeah. you know, and uh, have have a have a, a praise night. Yeah. <laughs> then what, Lord? Go back to Bible study yeah. Yeah. And, then, and then do praise night. And, and then, then do back praise again. night again. With, with only the same people, though. Don't exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, Lord, do you want us to like 
invite people. Mm-hmm. Ah, if you get around to it. <laughs> no. <Yeah. laughs> right, right. That's his mission. Yeah. Go yeah. into all yeah. the world yeah. and make, make disciples. Make disciples. So people need to know the word of God. They need to know the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And they need to have a love for Jesus yeah. and go uh, and st- at some point initially get over that hurdle of mm-hmm. fear yep. and mm-hmm. walk into courage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was struck just the other day um, in scripture. They we we teach our missionaries. There's two different ways to use the the word, right? That there's the logos word, which is like kind of that eternal, definitive word of God, and then there's the rhema word, which is like the now word of God. And mm-hmm. <clears throat> like the sacred scripture is the logos word. It's the unchanging. Like if I want to hear God and like God's voice in prayer, mm-hmm. I can open up the Bible and I'm guaranteed to hear God's voice. He has spoken His word incarnate, like through Jesus to us, and in the the sacred scriptures. and But then there's that rhema word, the now word of God, that God wants to speak to me in, in like, what do you want to say to me today, Lord? Or the, while while I'm out and about, he wants to speak to me mm-hmm. about different people and, and highlight different people. And um, it, I was, it, the the word in the Ephesians chapter six, where the Lord says um, that you'll have the sword of the spirit, uh, the, mm-hmm. I'll give you the word mm-hmm. of God, right. the sword of the spirit, that it's rhema word. And actually that mm-hmm. shocked me mm-hmm. that I was thinking that I always just assumed that was like the, the logo word, but actually the battle that we often fight in our daily lives or the, mm-hmm. the, that, that war that we get a wage in evangelization, if you will, yeah. is that rhema word that we're equipped in, in a, ra- a radical readiness to respond to the now word of God, that God wants to speak in relationship right now between mm-hmm. you and I, or as I'm in Walmart, or as, as I'm with the coworker, that he wants to give me his word in that moment when the, the hippie shows up at my door to date my daughter, that he wants <laughs> yeah. to give me the, yeah. the word in that moment yeah. to tell me how to go on mission for him, which is so neat. Yeah. When we have to live from that place too. I, I what I love is that like Jesus makes no bones about it. Whenever the evil one's tempting him, that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that's Rama. Yeah. That by every word that's Rama, that mm-hmm. every word that comes forth from the mouth of God. And so that I means like live if, by doctrine, but also by the now. Well, yeah. Well, cause if I'm not living from his word right now, my soul is in fact dying. Yeah. Yeah. Because like if I'm going to li- – I mean I'm not saying this. Jesus said it. And he yeah. said it as a direct rebuttal to the fact that you need to turn this stone into bread. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, man doesn't merely have a body that needs to live by bread alone. Mm. He has a soul that lives by every word yeah. that comes forth from the mouth mm-hmm. of God. Mm-hmm. And and I, I just think that like everything you're saying, Jeff, is just right on board with what I felt like the Lord has like just done in my life since yeah. my conversion yeah. is he's just showed himself to be a faithful friend mm-hmm. yeah. and like and just a relational God to me. And that's been predominantly through word. Yeah. You know? Well, and I think even too, I just like, I'm really resonating with your story about <clears throat> your experience with the Catholic faith. I remember telling my mom, my senior year in high school, like when I graduate high school, I'm leaving the Catholic church because I had all these Protestant friends who were like absolutely in love with Jesus. And, yep. I, and like they, and, and they were, they were sharing Jesus with others. They were reading scriptures. And when I, I, I fell in love with Jesus and, and I was like, no, I go to church and no one's talking about Jesus. Like I, I don't, no one is like, seems to have any fire and I was just so frustrated and let down and I, I think a lot of times mm-hmm. even our our campers experience that where they come yeah. to to Catholic youth summer camp or they come to a retreat here at Damascus and they find people who are in love with Jesus and, and a, a Catholic church that's set on fire and alive and yeah. living uh the fullness of the gospel. And then maybe they go back into their parish context and they don't experience that same fire or they don't see the same intentionality of people who have that mm-hmm. abiding relationship and it becomes discouraging for them. And I think there's probably a reason and, uh, uh, 
like so Brad was sharing earlier before the show just our motto for Catholic Youth Summer Camp is live the adventure and that wasn't like just something we came up with for like a good marketing campaign I've heard of something like that uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. someone else who had there's a, a great adventure out to, there to, or something you got the adventure <laughs> I got the great adventure but if you bring it together it's live the great adventure you see that yeah, right. yeah, like, seems like there seems like some Whoa. interplay there so there's yeah. a part yeah. now, now you all do that one it's not just the great adventure, Jeff. You have to live it. All right. Yeah. <laughs> but wait. But before, before we jump into that's the great, why, ad- that's why we're changing our ministry to the greatest lived adventure. Hey, oh, come on! But go. before we jump into the great adventure and all that you're doing with that, bring us because you're at this point, right? Yeah. And Dan, I think is speaking to it super well. You're at this point. You have this conversation with a bishop, and he prophesies. I see you coming back mm-hmm. into the church. Mm-hmm. And of course, in your mind, you're like, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. I, like once it's in the rearview mirror, I'm going straight. But like. From that point, I, I know that um, some of our listeners have probably heard that before, but I'd love to hear, like, so after that point, mm-hmm. where did the Lord take you? And how did you then end up, sure. in fact, back? Yeah, and I can make it quick. We, yeah. You know, I left, I left uh, Valley City, North Dakota. I went to Pella, Iowa, and Christian Radio. I was mm-hmm. in a radio show. Uh, from there, I went to back to school. And became a pastor. I was ordained. Mm-hmm. Became a pastor. Seven years of a of a, a church in Minneapolis, and then five years in Dayton, Ohio. Uh, and it was in Dayton, Ohio, that I really, really, I you know, I had a blessing, and that was that for ten years, I studied under the greatest teachers at Hebrew University in Jerusalem, and uh, in the United States. And I really, I really got deep into not only what Jesus said. But learning how he said it, how he taught, how the rabbis taught. And so I guess you could say my specialty is first century rabbi-disciple relations. That's mm-hmm. what I'm really into, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so That's gold. It's so, yeah, it's so powerful, just so powerful. Mm-hmm. And I wrote a book about called The Activated Disciple. The Activated. That's my latest, my latest book. Uh, Maybe I can give you guys one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they're only fifteen bucks. No, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the activated disciple for all those listening. <laughs> yes, it's, yeah, it's called yeah. the activated disciple, and um, so I, I I ended up uh, teaching as a pastor, going deep into the church fathers, and I ran into something that was a, brought on a crisis of faith, and that was mm-hmm. everything I was reading about the first four hundred years didn't look anything like my church, nothing. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, whoa, where did this church that I'm pastoring come from? It doesn't look mm-hmm. anything like this. Mm-hmm. No sacraments, no pope, no blessed mother, no concept of the word of God being scripture and, and tradition. Mm-hmm. I'm like, whoa, I, who does that today? So my little study mm-hmm. went on to Catholic Church. Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> now that, yeah, that place that I didn't find the yeah. life in that I was so the day be- the day before I left. To go to Bible college, yeah. My dad and I got in a big fight yeah. about the faith, huh. and he looked at me and he was so frustrated. He says, "Why are you going to a Protestant school?" He was mad, mm-hmm. and I'm like, "Dad, I just want to learn more about Scripture." And he said, "How are you going to take care of yourself?" And and I said, "I don't know if it's the way I said it." I said, "Dad, God will provide." Mm-hmm. And he hauled off and he really nailed me, and I was on the floor. Mm-hmm. And the next day, that's how we left. Mm-hmm. And so all those years, we carried that wound. That we had, and when I came, end up coming back into the Catholic Church, those were healed. But I studied the early Church Fathers, and it really brought up a question. So I said, "Wow!" It kept up coming Catholic. So I started reading, and I snuck into a Catholic bookstore, St. Mark's in Dayton, incognito. 
Hmm. You know, I had a hat on. I don't want to see me in here. What's that? New catechism. Bought that. Bought this. <laughs> and I was reading. And so I read a book called uh, Evangelical is Not Enough by Thomas Howard. Hmm. And in the end of that book, he said, I wrote this book in so-and-so year. And then he says, and I converted to the Catholic Church. I went, what? I thought he was Anglican. I called him up in Boston. I said, is Mr. Howard? He said, yeah. Can you tell me how you became Catholic? And he told me, I said, the same thing's happening to me. Hmm. And he said, I want you to talk to two guys that just went through this. One is a guy called Marcus Grodi, and the other is a guy called Scott Hahn. And so I, I wrote their names down and didn't never heard of them. I just wrote them down. I've never heard of them either. Uh, <laughs> heard of who? <laughs> and I and I and so I, I was praying about this going back. My wife was like, Jeff, I don't. We have to give up everything if you go back to the Catholic Church. So I called up Marcus Grodi, and I got to I got to know him. And I, he, I said, What do I do? And he said, Well, I'd talk to your your childhood pastor. Do you know him? And I said, Well, he's a bishop now. And not the one I yelled at. He's a bishop in Sioux Falls, Bishop Paul Dudley. He said, Bishop Dudley, he's amazing. You got to talk to him. Hmm. So I did. Hmm. I called up the Sioux Falls Diocese. I'm ignorant. I called up, hello, the Diocese of Sioux Falls. Yeah, uh, can I talk to Bishop Dudley? (laughs) Just a minute. The next voice I heard was my childhood pastor. Bishop Dudley. I said, Bishop, Jeff Cavins. Jeff Cavins. How are you doing? I said, well, he said, your father's Robert, right? I said, yeah, you got a good memory. How are you doing? I said, uh, well, I'm a Protestant pastor now. Oh, how did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I told him, and I said, Bishop, I'm feeling like God might want me to come back to the Catholic Church. He said, can you come out here for a couple of days, with, spend him with me? So I did. Yeah, Make a long awesome. story short, I spent time with him. Yeah. And it was in the middle of the night in his chapel that I knew God was saying, Come home. Bless the Lord. Come home. So I went back to Dayton. I met with my elders, and I said, guys, I got some news for you. Uh-huh. I'm going to become Catholic. And they're like, what? <laughs> what? I said, I know, it. I know it's strange, but you've heard my preaching lately. And they said, yeah, you've been sounding Catholic. You want a mm-hmm. communion every week. You have three readings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying like to, you desire liturgy. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I was desiring liturgy. And then one of my elders said, can I tell you guys something? I grew up Catholic. And over the last year, hmm. he pulls out a rosary. <laughs> this, is an in, this is an independent Catholic, independent dynamic, yeah, that's, non-denominational that's church. So I've been praying it. I'm like, whoa, I haven't even been doing that. <laughs> and then another one says, I've been doing it. <laughs> What is going on here? So I ended up leaving, and the bishop wanted me to go to Steubenville to get, this time, a a, a Catholic degree. So I went to Steubenville. Uh, Scott Hahn and I became just the best of friends. Mm -hmm. And uh, I started uh, going through their course, and at the same time, I was teaching undergrads scripture. Mm -hmm. And then uh, at the about two years there, I got a call from Mother Angelica. And uh, they, she wanted me to come on her show. Mm-hmm. So I thought, oh, yeah. And uh, now she didn't know that in my discerning period before I came back, I watched her every, every day. Mm-hmm. I thought, wow, that's interesting. So I went on her show and told my story. And she's, she's laughing. You know, <laughs> just having a good time. Mm-hmm. And she said, in the middle of the show, she says, honey, uh, would you pray about doing a, uh, a 13-week show for us? The people really need to hear this. And I said, you want me to pray about it? She goes, yes. 
Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then, and then at the end of the show, we're walking off the set. She grabs me by the hand, pulls me over to the side. She says, "Listen, I want you to pray about moving here, and I want you to pray about starting a new show hmm. on Thursdays. It will be, you'll be the host." And I went, "What?" Wow. She didn't know about my radio and television background. Yeah. And I said, oh, "I got to pray about that." I'm in Steubenville. So I, I, along with my wife and Bishop Dudley, we all prayed about it, and I got the yes. Mm-hmm. And so we moved from Steubenville down to EWTN, and I developed this show, built the set, mm-hmm. called it Life on the Rock, mm-hmm. and uh, it was going to be a coffee shop and all that. <laughs> and so we started that show, and, uh, and it went for six years. And six months into it, I get this note. Mother wants to see me in her office, Uh-oh. which is not always good news. <laughs> no, not a good news. <laughs> so I went nervously down there, and we sit in her office, and I said, so uh, what can I do for you? She goes, well, I'll tell you. <laughs> she said, uh, "She said I was wondering if, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sick or I'm not able to do my show, if you would substitute for me. I'm like, what? <laughs> she says, I would like you to be with me on my show. If you, you lead it, you know, and, and if I can't make it, you just take my show. I said, Whoa, that's amazing. Oh uh, yeah. I'm, I'm honored. Well, I got to ask you though, you could do this with anybody. Mm-hmm. Why me? And she here's what she said. It ties into what I think you guys have this charism. Yeah. She, she said, well, I'll tell you, I know you're thoroughly Catholic. But you sound like a Protestant. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's so funny. We, and we, uh, we've been accused. We've, been, we've heard that because well, it's, it's almost because we give. Is that this, supposed to be a compliment? We give, I know. I, well, we give, I think it's because we give this um, like this liveliness to the faith right. that we see in our Protestant brethren, and I think that like um, what what I love. Jeff, about just your story is just the honor that that can bring to the. So I, I love this. Um, Bishop Barron talks about this sometimes when he talks about Cardinal George, and Cardinal George would talk to him regularly and tell him that um, that the Catholic Church has all of the gifts that God desires for His people. That doesn't mean that we're always exercising all those gifts as well as other people exercise them. Mm-hmm. And I think that, like by Cardinal George, is such a wise statement that yep. the Church has all of the gifts that. The Lord desires right. for his people. Yeah. Yet we, when we look at like all these amazing people that, that love Jesus, there's some of them that are exercising some of those gifts even better. And we can actually come into alignment there and then begin to bring it back into the liveliness of the church. And right. I think that's what you're doing so well. Well, and- uh, yeah, my story fits the, the, that story as well with Cardinal George. You know, there was a time where uh, I was under fire mm-hmm. from scholars saying that uh, Caven sounds very Protestant. Yep. And I was teaching Catholic teaching, but I didn't sound like a typical mm-hmm. Catholic. I mm-hmm. sounded like a guy in love with Jesus. Yeah. And so I just used English. <laughs> you know, yeah. and I didn't use a British accent. You know, <laughs> God loves you. Yes, yes, I, yes. I called yeah. him. I called him God. He's like, God. Yeah, the, the, pi- the pious voice. Yeah, I called him yeah. Jesus. And your inflection our, went up and down yeah. a little bit. Yeah, I never learned how to say "Our Blessed Lord." <laughs> yes. you know? I just no, talked about right. Jesus. Yeah. So, so I, I, I taught the Bible, the Bible timeline, the Great Adventure, and I was attacked. You know, and, and uh, it was Bishop or uh, Cardinal George. Who I met with, and Cardinal George said to me, "Do not change what you are doing." He said, "You have a pastoral approach to Scripture. Do not act like an academic." He said, (laughs) and then he did a video, five minute video or so, uh, talking about this this methodology and how much it means Hmm. to him. Hmm. And I thought, "Yay! It's nice to have a cardinal do a video and say, no, this is the this is it. You're doing okay.'" 
You're listening to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Beyond Damascus is aired on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network and right here in Central Ohio on St. Gabriel Radio. You can listen to the whole version of today's show at www.ewtn.com slash radio slash podcasts. Or check us out on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. We'll be right back with this episode after a short break. EWTN, teaching the truth. Thanks for the excellent programming. We had a representative from the local Catholic radio uh, yesterday at Mass, and he encouraged uh, the the members to listen. And, you know, it seems like excellent programming, very thought-provoking. I just love your program. I I wanted to tell you guys that Catholic radio is just the greatest thing in my life. EWTN Radio posts 11 podcasts every weekday and over 60 per week. They're the perfect companion for the busy Catholics everywhere. With on-demand access to audio, you can pause and pick up right where you left off anytime, anywhere, and they're all free. Subscribe by going to EWTNRadio.net, then click on Podcasts. They're waiting for you. EWTN, the Global Catholic Network. Welcome back to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Beyond Damascus is aired on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network and right here in Central Ohio on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. Yeah, well, let's go into that adventure a little bit. So I think um, as we... uh yeah, as, as we come into Leslie, this final part of the show, I think it'd be sweet to focus in on that idea of adventure. So I, I love that our show is where encounter meets mission, mm-hmm. and I love the fact that you encountered the Lord through a blue leather Bible. Right. And now a mission that you're partaking in actively is giving people blue leather Bibles. I didn't thought about known that. Known as the Great Adventure Bible. <laughs> I never and, thought and about so that. And so I think that that's absolutely phenomenal because wow. I think it does prove the point here that when we encounter the Write Lord Jesus. Write that down, Dan. That's good. When we <laughs> encounter the Lord Jesus, we, we go into, into mission. And I'd, I'd love for this to be round table. Just like I, I, I want us to just like give our listeners just some things to chew on. Like why adventure? Like why was that the word that we all bought into? Because I think all of us at this table in some way, shape, or form have taken ownership of that word that that we are on an adventure, that these encounters are leading to mission. Let's just talk about that a little bit. Like where have we lost the adventure and where are we bringing it back and where do we need to hold true to it? Well, that's a great word. I think, I mean, just what's resonating to me as you asked that question, Brad, is just this – I mean, I think when I first really hungered for the adventure, I I knew there was something on me – uh, that God was calling me to greatness. And, and I looked to my, my, the people next to me and I saw something on them that was a call to greatness, but they weren't stepping into it, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. like a, a, a hunger to help not only call myself mm-hmm. into this great life that the Lord has called me to, but to live a life that was trying to call them into greatness as well. Mm-hmm. And for me, like living the adventure was the way to do it. That like, do you even see it? Like, do you see the life that God desires for you? Do you see the destiny that God has over your life? And, and as, this, as that has matured, just actually finding myself in the, the heart of the gospel narrative that the the, the Bible doesn't end uh, uh, that when Jesus dies, right? That I like to say we're living in Acts chapter two thousand twenty two. That that this is like this is our time to be a part of the Acts of the Apostles, and mm-hmm. this is this, the apostolic age. We're part of the new evangelization. There's so much happening that the the first. 
400 years that you speak of, Jeff, like that we're kind of in, like we're still in that story that Jesus Christ gave us the gift of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And he said, go take this to the, into the the nations. Right. And to me, that just like speaks something in in the core of my being that brings me to life. Mm -hmm. And, um, it, it's a zeal. And I think it, I, 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 I think when I was young, people attributed that to like youthful energy, right? And it was like I actually remember people saying like, uh, "Oh, oh, you you have that passion because you're just so young." You'll, you'll that's, settle down eventually. That's gonna, yeah, that's going to pass it's a, away. My, my mom said it's a phase. Yeah, it's, it's a, a phase. phase. Yeah, and and I honestly, I think like, and not that I'm super old right now, but I've been doing ministry for 20 years, and I think my heart is more on fire now than yeah. ever before. Amen. That it's a fire that builds bigger and deeper, and it pervades like further in your bones. And um, and so I, I I think that's a gift from God, right? Mm-hmm. That when you read the the scriptures, Jeff, as you shared that story, uh, that I mean, as you I'm sorry, as you prayed that prayer, Jesus, I want more. That the Holy Spirit came and he he filled you with His presence that that gave you that longing desire, mm-hmm. like for Scripture. Mm-hmm. That 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 was a gift from God. And, and these that when the Holy Spirit touches us, He just fills us with that yeah, deep yeah. sense of adventure. My my sense of adventure really came just from. Uh, it wasn't theological. It was, it was imagining Jesus the rabbi with these 12 yes. guys hmm. on a mission. And I thought, yeah. I'd love to be in that pack. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'd love to be in that squad right there and be one of them. And so I never lost that. And so for me, coming to a, a real strong faith wasn't about theological truths, even though that's interesting and I love it and learned it. Yeah. But it was, I'm with them. And he's going to send me out. And I thought, ah, oh, this is now this, yeah. this is going to be cool. Mm-hmm. You know, dead or raised, people healed, and uh, lives are changed. I, 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 this is a guy, this is a guy I want to follow. Yeah. yeah. That's the adventure. Yeah. I have, yeah. I have a similar thought. You know, the, we're made in the image and likeness of God. There's, there's, there's no part of God that doesn't reveal something about who we are. And, mm-hmm. you know, the one thing that you'll experience in scripture is as you learn more about God, you're not going to get bored. <laughs> <laughs> You know, no. he, he's, he, there's, there's a lot of stuff to dig into, <laughs> yeah. right? And um, I, I just, I, I love that, it, you know, finding, for whatever reason, you know, again, I think the, the cultural narrative of Catholicism is that, it, you know, the, the church owns the scripture mm-hmm. and, I, and I haven't been satisfied there, therefore this has nothing for me. Mm-hmm. And um, certainly that's a, that's a lie. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and the more that I've been able to dive in, to, to actually seeing the character of God revealed, it speaks something to me about, hey, this is the capacity that's in you. Mm-hmm. This is the this is the truth of who you are. Yeah. And 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 this is what you're called to to live and to demonstrate. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's awesome. When I think adventure like for me, I I, I always go back to this because it, the first time I read it, it it just it it shook me. Um it's the story of Abraham. Leave the land of your kinsfolk to a land that I will show you. He doesn't yeah. even tell him what land it is. Mm-hmm. It's like come into the adventure. Like, just give up the comfortable and let's go seek greatness together. Mm-hmm. And like when he calls forth Abraham, and it's such a simple like verse, but the way that he called Abraham, I felt like when the Lord and I, well, I guess when I opened myself to just like experience him in a new way, encounter him in a new way, I felt like that's what he asked me to do is like, yeah. let's leave this land that's comfortable and that you've known for so long. Yeah. And let's go to one that I will show you. Not that I'm going to tell you right now, but let's figure this out together. Mm-hmm. Like those 12 early apostles. But, um, I think with that, we'll just have a time where we'll enter into prayer. I'll lead us. And then we can just go around. Mm-hmm. And if any of you have something on your heart to pray for, for our audience, and then we'll close mm-hmm. and, uh, 
and we'll uh, yeah speak um, life over our listeners and call it good. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Come Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Lord. Jesus, we pray right now that everyone listening and us at this table, that we would be open to experiencing you here anew. Lord, we pray that every word that was spoken today, that it would land in our hearts and it would resonate with us and it would remain with us as we move forward. We pray especially, Lord, that every single word that's been spoken about adventure, that it would awaken something in everyone listening today, that you would awaken this desire for adventure in all those who hear. Yeah, I'm just getting a strong sense, just that that uh, moment of first love that Jeff had, that the Lord wants to do that in someone's life right now, yeah. um, that you have... Um, You've been looking for truth, and you're hungry for answers, and the Lord wants to touch your heart right now. And I just want to encourage you to put your hands out and to honestly just ask the Lord to come into your life. So, Jesus, we pray right now that the power of the Holy Spirit would just fall on our listener. Come, Holy Spirit. I pray you would fill him with fire, fill him with hope, fill him with purpose. Come, Lord, I, I just pray we would partner, everyone, that we would just pray uh, and that we would partner with that word, Jesus, I want more. I want you to do more in my life. I want you to do more in my family's life. I want you to do more through my life. You, I want your Holy Spirit to empower me, Lord, for the sake of mission and for the sake of bringing your name to the nations. Lord, I thank you for all those who are listening to this, this podcast, watching the podcast, that are called by your name to go out into the world and proclaim the gospel. Mm -hmm. Lord, I pray for those who have listened to this and thought to themselves, that was a good podcast, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't a good podcast. It was a clarion call to come Mm -hmm. and to get into the adventure, that Mm -hmm. this is the launching point for you. Mm -hmm. Life will never be the same when you come and follow Jesus. And I believe that there are people that are listening that God is saying, get out of the boat and walk on water Mm -hmm. with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, God's God's opening a door today, and uh, I, I just I want to extend a word of mm-hmm. of invitation that there are there are next steps that He's got in mind for you that you can respond to that call in a way that will transform your life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we haven't really hit on here here on the show today, but you know, jumping into the into the uh, Bible in a Year podcast or or you know, getting, getting online and, and ordering that great adventure Bible to actually begin a, a tour mm-hmm. through coming to know the heart and the character of the Lord. Uh, if you feel mm-hmm. like there's been an invitation today, know that the Lord's going to provide the next step for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we, we will continue to pray and intercede uh, that that next step will be filled with grace. And Jesus, it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. In the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. We've been joined by Jeff Cavins today. Jeff, thank you again so much. And Jeff's doing so many amazing things. So again, uh, Bible in a Year podcast. If you um, want to jump into a Bible study, the Great Adventure Bible Study, you can check him out with the Bible Timeline. If you like this episode, feel free to like it, share it on your Facebook page or your Instagram or wherever you can share posts like this and have an amazing day. God bless you. Friends, thanks for listening to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. You can listen to the whole version of today's show by going online to www.ewtn.com slash radio slash podcasts or searching for Beyond Damascus on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. 